New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We pray that you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. Did I do it? I did it. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Yeah, with Steve and uh, Steve and Tim and and a lot of the other young men, we learned uh, we learned that lesson. Um, we paraphrased something from the movies, and we learned that if you feed them, they will come. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> For over nine years, every Wednesday, right. we had as many, Susie and I had as many as 20 or more young people awesome. in our home. And we had some awesome times. Yeah. It was great. But it's great to be here. And I would uh, heartily amen the fact that God is doing lots of good things here. And it's exciting. And I want to thank the pastoral team for asking me to share today. And uh, so let's get to it, shall we? All right. Um, We all know what season this is. We all know that it's Christmas season. And it's a very special time of year. It's a time of uh, much celebration. And uh, especially, uh, the, probably the one word that comes to mind most quickly uh, for many people in this time of year is not eggnog. <laughs> it's probably the word gift, wouldn't you say? I mean, you're not preoccupied at this time of year, Dan, about, you know, getting to Wegmans to get the eggnog. You're preoccupied uh, with the idea of what am I going to get Sue? Because gift is a big part. And today, I want to talk about the gift that keeps on giving. And no, this is not a commercial. But that's my background, so you may get a little of that. But as we're in this uh, season of giving, for us as believers, as Christians, we, of course, think immediately of the greatest gift of all. And we sang about him today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that we might be saved, that we might have eternal life. And uh, so we're... First and foremost, we're going to celebrate in this season the greatest gift of all, and, um, and that's wonderful. But kind of like the Geico commercial goes, but did you know that Jesus came with gifts? He not only is a gift to the world, he came with gifts, and they're gifts that keep on giving. And three of those gifts, and we can't possibly cover them all, but three of those gifts or categories or, or um, major terms, if you will, the first is salvation. Sozo in all of its power. Saved us from our sins, washed by the blood of the Lamb, healing, deliverance, all of those things. We're not going to... Uh, dwell there today, Um, but that's the first gift that we think of when we think about him coming. The second gift is relationship, the gift of family. We have been restored to God's family. 
You know, it was in the Lord's heart all along. But this was the right time. Because until Jesus came and died for us, we couldn't have that relationship restored. And so relationship, we are back in the family of God. The third that Jesus came to bring was this. Revelation of the Father. God had been known by many names in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant days. He had, he had been known as God Almighty. He had been known as the Lord our righteousness. He had been known by many of those terms. He had been known by Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. But all along, he was Father. And he was just waiting. And Jesus came to reveal the Father. And this is the aspect that we're going to talk about today, is the progression or the progressive revealing of the Father to us. Because it's not a single event. It's a lifelong experience, an adventure. And so... um, When we think about revealing the Father, when we think about Jesus coming to reveal the Father, for many of us, the first thing that comes to mind is what? The miraculous. Certainly when Jesus was on earth and he healed people, they were seeing the Father at work. Because Jesus said, I do nothing except what I see the Father doing, right? And so that was a tremendous uh, revelation of seeing the Father at work. But Jesus also said this. He said to his disciples, He who has seen me has seen the Father. It wasn't just in what Jesus came to do that we get a revelation of the Father. Because there is so much more to God than just his acts, isn't there? And um, I think about a scripture from the Old Testament again, one of my favorites from the book of Psalms, in Psalm 103 and verse 7, where the psalmist says of God, he revealed his acts... To the children of Israel, his ways to Moses. Jesus didn't just come to reveal the acts of the Father, but his ways, his character, his heart. And so that's what we want to talk about today. The revelation of the Father is not an event, as I said before. It's a progressive, lifelong adventure. Every day there is something new for us to discover. You know, when we wake up on Christmas morning and the kids run downstairs and they rip open the gifts, they tear off the paper and so on, and there's the gift. And they have fun with it that day, and depending upon their age in three days... 
And if they're a certain age, they're more interested in the papers and the gift. Have you experienced that? (laughs) But we have a gift that never stops because there's always more of God's Father heart to be revealed, of God's character to be revealed. In fact, beloved, it's not going to stop with our earthly existence. There is a picture in Revelation chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, of all of the host of heaven before the throne. And it says this. It says that the living creatures are continually bowing down and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the 24 elders around the throne are taking off their crowns and casting them continually again and again before the, before the Lord. Now that's not vain worship. That's not, that's not just repetition. That's because there is continual, brand new, even in heaven, revelation of God. It's never going to stop. It's like when he said, let there be light, it just keeps going and going and going. Well, that's him. We're never going to stop discovering new things. Isn't that exciting? But at the same time, he's got a whole lot he wants to show us here, doesn't he? got a whole lot he wants to give us. And the Apostle John gives us a picture of the stages in a very rough way, but stages or life stages of, of that uh, revelation. And it's here in, whoops, it's here in 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 to 14. We can look at it together here. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven you for his name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you, children, because you know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. So John is addressing this to three different groups. Children, young men and women, and fathers and mothers. And I want to look at this with you today in terms of the progression of the revelation of the Father to us. All right? And here's how it roughly breaks down. Because there's a whole lot in here, we're going to try and break it down a little bit and make it a little easier. But I would encourage you to feel free to go and study it too. There's always new things. But here it is. Little children, what he has done for us. Young men and women, what he can do through us. And fathers and mothers, what he does in us. 
So it's for, through, and in. And they're not, they're not exclusive. It's, you understand when God works, he does many things all at the same time. But this gives us a, a framework, if you will, to help our, our human minds grasp the kinds of things that the Lord does in the progressive revelation of the Father. All right, so let's start with little children. This is where the revelation begins, and there are basically two components, according to what John wrote. All right, we're just going by what John wrote. This isn't, this isn't exhaustive, um, but this is, this is good stuff because the Holy Spirit wrote it. The first is, your sins are forgiven. That's where the revelation begins, isn't it? Your sins are forgiven. It's the only way to have restored relationship with the Father. And it's a tremendous truth. I want to share with you a little story, a testimony that came to me. It's from my own life. A little testimony that came to me while I was preparing this message that just speaks to me. I may cry before I'm done with this. Your sins are forgiven. When I think about that, I think about the day I was baptized. I became a believer as an adult. Susie and I, yeah, here it comes. Um, we, were, we, we became believers, and we became believers in an unusual way, like most of what's happened in our Christian walk. We came believers through a Jewish mission, a Baptist Jewish mission called, <laughs> called Beth Sar Shalom, House of the Prince of Peace. My baptismal day was in the middle of the winter of 1972 in New York City. Bessar Shalom was on 72nd Street off of Broadway. And it had been snowing the previous couple of days. But how many of you know who have been, ever been uh, down in the city, um, snow doesn't stay white for very long in <laughs> New York. It was gray, dirty slush. And it gets down into the subway. And it gets everywhere. And here is what happened. I was being baptized on a Sunday afternoon. And I had to leave the service as soon as I was baptized. Because I had to go down to Times Square to Port Authority Bus Terminal. Another two fairly dirty places. Um, to meet somebody who was coming in on the bus. And so I get out of the tank, and I change, and I get dressed, and I go outside, and I'm not even thinking about anything, and I'm standing on the platform at 72nd Street and Broadway on the subway platform underground with all of this around me, and I feel so clean. I have never felt so clean. I was getting a revelation. 
My sins were forgiven. As I stand before you right now, I feel that cleanness. That's the beginning. You're part of the family. So, the first is your sins are forgiven. The second that he says is very, very interesting. He says, your sins are forgiven, little children, and I'm writing to you because you know the Father. He doesn't want you to just be forgiven. He wants you to know you're part of the family. And that word know there is very interesting. It isn't you know. It's the Greek word ginosko. And that means you're aware that you are related to your father. It's not just a mental assent. It's not just something that you read in the book. But you know, you are aware that you are part of the family of God. It also means that you have experiential uh, connection with this. What did I... Let me get my note here. Yes, you know experientially. You know, you know it's like what, what John wrote in, in uh, 1 John chapter 4. You have, you have heard about it, you've seen it, but you've also beheld it and your hands have handled it. Yeah. It's a living reality. Knowing your Father is a living reality. If you haven't had that revelation, you need it. It's not enough to know about him. You got to know him in your knower. And I really appreciate something that I've been watching in the body of Christ in the last few years and here at New Hope. There's a real emphasis on these two things because this is where you begin. If the foundation isn't laid, you can't build on it. Now, you want to move on from here. There is more to the revelation of the Father than these two things, but these are essential. And like with my baptism experience that I shared with you, when truth is revealed as revelation, when you get the revelation download, it changes your life. And everything that Father has to reveal about himself is to change us. Pretty exciting. All right. So... That's what John said to the little children. Your sins are forgiven and you know the Father. That's a wonderful place to begin, but there's more. And so, we're going to try and move on here. Dan, I may need a little help. Dan? (laughs) He took the $100 and he ran off already. Uh, anybody? (laughs) 
wonder what happened. Ah, there we go. All right. Young men and women. Oh, nope, that's not... Yeah, that's the right one. <laughs> Young men and women is the next stage, okay, as, as John describes it, all right? Now, in order to really understand this, we need to introduce another scripture that is kind of a corollary with this. And these are Paul's words from Philippians chapter 3 when he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death. Now, let's see if I can do it. Yes, there we go. This stage, the stage of of the young men and young women, uh, is the time of the power of the resurrection. What do I mean by that? Well, the Apostle John talks about three things. First of all, twice he says, you've overcome the evil one. Whenever the scripture says something twice, you better pay attention. Because it's true. And it's being emphasized so that you get it. You have overcome the evil one. That deals with things like temptation. Because you're now a part of the family of God, you know that you've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of the beloved son. You have overcome temptation, fiery darts, and the works of the devil. This is a time of action. Young children, time of foundation, time of action. Second thing that he says is, you are strong. Once again, that Greek word is very interesting. And I didn't write the Greek out, but I'll give you the meaning anyway, Dick. It says, forcible, boisterous, and valiant. You ever watch young men and women in worship? Right here? The group that comes up over here every Sunday. I'm right there. I'm back there. I'm cheering you on. But boy, oh boy. Forcible, boisterous, and valiant. It's an exciting time. When we get the revelation of the power of of the resurrection, when we get the revelation of what Father can do through us, it's exciting, isn't it? And it's also because the word of God abides in you. This is essential. If you're going to know the power of the resurrection, you've got to be in the word. The word's got to be abiding in you. Now, we also, that small letter W word, but we also know the capital W word, the living word, is abiding in us, and we're abiding in him. But this is the time of of the power of the resurrection. And I thought it was significant today that the first two songs today were about salvation. You have won me, young children. Foundational. The second, 
burn like a fire in me. Forcible, boisterous, valiant. So we're redressing the first two of these uh, life stages, if you will. And in reality, that's where most of the people in the body of Christ are. Most of the people here, because many of you are in that age demographic, that's where you are. And that's a wonderful place. That's a strong place. That's where things move forward. Okay? But there's more. And I've only lately come to appreciate this. Because I want to tell you something. I wanted to stay a young man. And I don't mean that, you know... I don't mean that in a Grecian formula sense. <laughs> Man, I wanted to stay active. I wanted to stay, you know... Listen, when I left here, left here in the sense of turned the church over to, to Ralph in 2009, I took a, I took a name for my um, password in certain places, but I'm not going to tell you where. Caleb, because I wanted to be like Caleb. I wanted to be that guy who, who could say, like he said to Moses, you know, 45 years ago, when we came out of Egypt, I was strong. And I'm just as strong as I am now. Give me that mountain. It was a little different for me. Three days after we passed the baton, I got my first pacemaker. I didn't know it was going to be this way. But God wasn't done. He has more to reveal. I want to, I want to share with you this next, this next part for two reasons. I want to encourage those of you who are already there, and many of you, like my brother Al back there, got there long before me. But I'm, I can't say I'm running to catch up, Al, but I can say I'm walking fast. Fast as my pacemaker will let me. But also to give those of you who are younger some vision of the future. So here we go. The next step, the, fi- the, the, the next stage that, that John addresses here is fathers and mothers. Now with fathers and mothers, we need to again refer to that passage from Philippians. Because the Apostle Paul talks about things more than the power of the resurrection. And in order for us to have the full revelation of the Father that he wants us to have, to know the Father in ways that are beyond um, what we experience in the other two realms, we need the rest of this verse. And that's this. Well, first of all, he says, you know him who has been from the beginning. I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. He says this again twice. 
You know, in fact, that's all he says to the fathers and mothers. I've written to you fathers because you know him who's been from the beginning. Okay, what does that mean, John? You know him who has been from the beginning. He's talking about longevity here, isn't he? He's talking about something that's gone on for a while. And, um, come on. It's the matured fruit of knowing him over time. There is time involved in the Father revealing himself. Because we can't take it all at once. And some of it comes, much of it comes through life experience. So, when I think about this, when I think of those two words, father and mother... And I think about this in the scriptures. I think of two titles that I was given in my lifetime before I had any idea what they meant or how to live them out. The first was when I, when I stood before the preacher with this beautiful blonde next to me and heard the words, I now pronounce you husband and wife. I had no idea what it meant to be a husband. And I proved it. (laughs) I proved it big time. But the Lord was bigger than me, praise the Lord. And actually, he was using all of my ignorance and arrogance to get me ready for the kingdom of God. Because at the end of that first year, 11 days before what would have been our first anniversary, which would have probably been our last anniversary... Jesus saved me. And I'm so glad. The second word happened a few years later. And I'm standing outside of a um, delivery room infirmary kind of place in the Um, St. Luke's Hospital. My son Stephen had just been born, but he had been born by emergency C-section, so I wasn't there to see. And all I can see is this huge head sticking out of this blue blanket. (laughs) Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Well, here, Dad, here's your new baby. I don't know what to do with him. I was called a father, but I... All I knew is that kid had the biggest head I'd ever seen in my life. Now, those of you that know him know he turned out okay. But I, my first reaction to being a father was panic. <laughs> a few days later, my wife had a similar experience with motherhood. We brought Stephen home. I went back to work, and um, she's uh, got this crying baby on her hands. And so she does what she knows to do. She feeds him, she burps him, and she changes his diaper. 
and he's still crying. So she does the only thing she knows to do. She calls the only veteran mother we know in our neighborhood. By the way, the lady had a 10-month head start on us. And so she had a 10-month-old, and so she calls Joni, and she says, Joni, this is what I've done. I don't know what to do. He won't stop crying. What should I do? And she got, I don't know. (laughs) What we didn't know is that the Holy Spirit was revealing a condition that our son had called colic. And that meant that we were going to get a crash course in being mother and father in very long nights. Walking. In our little three-room apartment. The crying baby. But we were learning about being mothers and fathers. And at the end of those six weeks, two months, whatever it was, we could tell you a whole lot more about parenting than we could before. You grow into this. That's, that's, the, that's the, the point here. And here we come now to the rest of that verse. Because becoming a mother and father in the faith, receiving that level of revelation from the Lord, involves the rest of that verse. that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. There are things that Father wants to reveal to us about himself that can only happen in circumstances like that. Dealing with prodigals, our own or others. You see... What he, I forgot here. He allows us to share his sorrow. Like dealing with prodigals. I received a phone call yesterday from a very dear friend who, whose family is dealing right now with uh, the aftermath of one of their children's mistakes. And... Um, This brother who's strong in the Lord was crushed on the phone. But he has hope. And that's one of the things that the Lord gives. But we'll go on here. Knowing him who has been from the beginning means that we get to share with him in his sorrows too. Prodigals, our own or others, illness, Trials, disappointments, betrayals, broken relationships. And one that um, we're becoming, we, Susie and I, are becoming more familiar with is changing life stages. I've been with several retired couples who have had this statement to say, nobody told me it was going to be like this. Things like dealing with elderly parents. The things that you learn about the compassion of Father 
when you are now the parent to your parent. Right, Mary? It's hard, but it's precious. And there are things that Father has to teach us in every stage. I think about this in terms of the third song that we sang. You make me brave. One of the things that we learn is that he doesn't just make us brave to do the exploits. He makes us brave in every circumstance of life. So, what does knowing him who has been from the beginning mean? Well, here are a few things. Again, it's not an exhaustive list. I'm speak more from our experience than anything, I guess. We know his enduring love, faithfulness, and grace. Think about that poster that is very well known of the footprints on the beach. Jesus does carry us. through whatever the circumstance. There we go. He causes all things to work together for good. While not everything works out the way we'd like, because that's the reality of life, not everything works out the way we'd like, or in the time frame that we'd like, we can testify through all of life's ups and downs, that he does cause all things to work together for good. Whoops. We know both his acts and his ways. Because it's in these deeper things that his character is imparted. Because what you discover is a depth to Father that you didn't know was there. Every trial brings new understanding of Him. You know, that's so true. I, I'm, I just had a trial this week. A small thing, I won't even go into the details of it, it was a business-related thing. But in the midst of it, I got an understanding of his favor. Well, maybe I should tell you. I deposited a check from a reliable source, counted on that, did business with it. The check bounced. So did the things that I did. Boing, 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 boing. 3850, 3850, 3850. You know, God gave favor. 3850 off, 3850 off, 3850 off. Tiny things. But they can be huge things. We're watching things, we're, we're watching things unfold with my, with my dear mother-in-law who's housebound and we're, we're watching her go through things that we 
would have never imagined and we're watching the Lord's favor and the Lord's grace and the Lord making us brave, particularly my wife, brave to do what needs to be done. I can say this. We know him more intimately than we could have imagined. I want to encourage you that whatever comes along, there's more that he wants to show you about himself. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Will you go through the deep waters? Yes. But through it all, he'll both make you brave in the midst of it and he'll bring you out on the other side. It's like the psalmist wrote in Psalm 66. We went through the fire and the water and you let the men ride over us, but you brought us out into a broad place. More revelation. The gift that keeps on giving. So, let's just summarize here. Little children, that stage, the emphasis is you know forgiveness and you know the Father. Now the sad thing is that some people never move beyond that. God has more. He wants you to know the power of the resurrection. I'm so thankful that we live in the time that we do in the body of Christ because we know the power of the resurrection. We can be strong, overcome the devil, and abide in the word, and the word abide in us. But there's also the stage of being fathers and mothers, to know the fellowship of his suffering, but also to know his steadfast love and faithfulness proven over time and circumstance. And, and I want to honor the fathers and mothers in the faith that are here. Those of you that can relate to that, in part because of age. It's just a reality. The, the older you get, the more hopefully you get this. And the more you have to impart. And so I want to encourage those who are younger, when you find, find yourself facing a colicky baby, for example... There are people that you can go to. There are people who have walked a bit further. And because they have gray hair or no hair. <laughs> you know, there's not, a, there's not a proverb about that. It doesn't say wisdom comes with no hair. I'm kind of rejoicing in the little bit of gray that I'm getting because it means I must be getting wiser. Though, it is said that, you know, though wisdom should come with age, sometimes age comes alone. All right, let's close. Let me just say to you that wherever you find yourself, Rejoice. Be, be, be excited. And get ready. 
because there's more to come. And finally, I believe the Holy Spirit would say to all of us, Merry Christmas from the true gift that keeps on giving. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful today that we know that we're forgiven. Should there be anybody here today, Lord, that doesn't yet know that truth, would you make it real to them today? And Father, is that you are our Father. Again, we ask for that revelation to deepen. I knew it a lot more in my mind for a long time before I knew the revelation of it. And it was the revelation that changed my life. So, Lord, I'm asking that for my whoever that might be. And then, Lord, we all want to be young men and women of faith. We all want to be overcoming the evil one. We all want to be strong, forcible, boisterous, and valiant. And we all want to be abiding in the word. And so we ask you for that. But Lord, we also know that wherever we are, we're on our way to the last stage that John addressed knowing him who has been from the beginning. And we're asking, Lord, that you would open our hearts to get a greater picture of the fullness of the Father. I pray for anyone who is here that is in the midst of a trial right now, Lord, that you would bring them that revelation, something fresh from the throne just for them. And we thank you that in all of these stages, Lord, it is you who makes us brave. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name.